guys, welcome to River City 93, brought to you by Roughnecks Cars, Ignorance FC, and of course, for the culture. This is your host as always, Elliot Barr. I'm back from my honeymoon, and it's joining me as always is my good man, Shanae Duran II. And I just realized I said honeymoon, I meant to say anniversary, because <laughs> it's expensive. I was like, wait a minute, honey. Yeah, I, I didn't get married again, I promise you, I love you, Alexa. It's always. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's... <laughs> we were supposed to be talking about Fort Lauderdale and then throw it in the South Georgia game because, but COVID just decided like, hey, we owe money and we're not playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's funny, yo. We have more goals scored. We have about the same amount of goals scored as we do as postponed games. Yeah. Two. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't this know who we pissed off, yo. Uh, I don't know who we pissed off. But I don't know. I don't know. But at, at this point right now, this looks like what the season's going to be like. It's oh, gonna yeah. It's going to be games course. getting postponed here and there. My question is, now where are they going to squeeze this one in? <laughs> I, I don't know, man, because Fort Lauderdale is supposed to be coming to us. So I don't know how where you squeeze this game into, unless Fort Lauderdale is having like a massive like two, three game road trip coming up and you're just like, all right, we're going to throw this ritual game in there. It, I I really hope something like that happens because at this point we're in a situation now where yeah I don't know they're yeah. they're gonna be on a I mean what they go on the road against for I mean for next right no they go on the wait, oh my God, South on. Georgia yeah the Ford game is already canceled no that's the old schedule. You're, you're looking the at the old schedule. The old schedule. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I don't know where they throw this game into. It's going to be interesting to see, but if Richmond had to deal with it, I hope other teams had to deal with it. <laughs> because <laughs> talking to, like, one of our boys, Jason, he was telling us about how Richmond literally had to drive down to uh, Greenville, then after the game, drive back up to Richmond to then go down to South Georgia because... Apparently, you can't take a plane if you're in 500 miles. And we're like 20 miles under that 500 mark to South Georgia. So, we had to take another bus down. And you can tell in the in the play. Like, I guess watching it. I didn't watch it live because, of course, that was my anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I watched it. it Did you imagine? If that was were, like there, was, there was a lot of disconnect um, in terms of the play. There was a lot of. It didn't look like tired legs, but in my head, I'm thinking, we have the fresher players. South Georgia only had three subs. Why does it look like they're fresher than us? And, I mean, with that explanation, you can see why. I mean... Yeah. And like you said, it didn't look like tired legs. What it looked like was just restless legs. Like, the ideas were there. Yeah. It just looked like you can't execute it because your body just can't get to that level. Exactly. And, I mean, granted this game is a draw, but I think South Georgia does get luck having to play first their first two games at home. Richard's on the road for both of their first um, two games. But, I mean, I'll, I'll take the point on the road against South Georgia. Uh, yeah. That, I, that would, I'm, I, like, I'd rather get the point on the road now against the South Georgia team that's, I mean, granted, it only had... I think three to four subs. Yeah. One of them was a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, then trying to play against a full strength South Georgia team that 
just, I mean, granted, they play OCB. OCB doesn't have a lot, but I'd rather get the draw against that team than the full. You know, I, I take yeah. the point. Get out of there. We were supposed to play Fort Lauderdale yesterday, but that game got canceled because of COVID. So now we get an extra week, extra week to rest up. Yeah, so it's basically a week and a half before, more than a week and a half before the next game. So hopefully, and it's a home game, so yeah. we don't have to travel. It is the Henny Derby. Yeah. As my grandma always say, the alcohol will kill it. Yeah. So hopefully the Henny Derby is the cure to COVID, <laughs> which would be hilarious. <laughs> Imagine the Henny Derby is the cure that we all needed. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That, was, that would be great. That would yeah, be absolutely um, great. But what's interesting is that it could be the cure because COVID couldn't stop the Henny Derby. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> had COVID not happened, our home opener would have been the Henny Derby. Yeah. So things turned out where our home opener will still be the Henny Derby. So I like the way you said that. That sounded kind of cool. Sounded like a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you got a lot to the pay, man. It sucks not being able to play games. Yeah. It sucks. But, I mean, back to the South Georgia game, I did get a chance to go back and rewatch the game. And there's some positives in this game, but there's also some things that raises concern for me. And I think the biggest part of the turn is how is the Watson going to figure out this midfield? Yeah. Because we've seen, we seen both sides of this midfield where it could be extra tight, I think if he, I think he's still trying to figure out that midfield piece. The defense, I think he got solid. I think yeah. the attack, he knows who you want to play. I think the midfield for him is like this weird Rubik's Cube of if I put Mumbai and Cuomo and Crack, it becomes too defensive. Yes. If I go Crack and Flack and Cuomo or Mumbai, it becomes too attacking. So I think he has to find that balance. I'm not sure about, of course, I'm not seeing the, the guys practice week in and week out. I'm going off of, you know, highlight tapes and what I've seen players do in the past. But what it looks like would work would be either Mumbai or Cuomo mm-hmm. as a six. Flat, uh, not flat, um, Kraft as an eight. And Terzaghi as a ten rather than a striker. Yeah, I, I can see that. That, that's where I feel like the biggest hole is at because if you take Terzaghi and be like, all right, you're not going to play striker. We're going to put you at the 10. Who do you then put at striker? Because Terzaghi, granted, he doesn't score in the South Georgia League, but he does a lot of great things. He and does a lot way, of hold-up play. He does a, He was... Yes, that's what I'm saying. So you lose Terzaghi that. Terzaghi was, was, was definitely on point. Yeah, on you point. lose that within... The the field like you lose that which is key because it if is. you're if you're having a ten you're looking for that ten to run on to those balls which Terzaghi could probably do he could probably do a great job of it by and also by the way we now know his official age <laughs> <laughs> because during the broadcast like the announcer said like yeah we heard that he's thirty but really he's twenty seven okay <laughs> so now we know okay. there's no more missing birth certificate out there about I mean no. he's twenty seven. He's not super duper old. Yeah, he's still he's still in his prime. Twenty seven, yeah. you're still in your prime. Yeah, you know. So we have a excuse me, a Terzaghi who is in his prime. Who I I feel like he could do a job as a ten. Yeah, and and then of course, like I said, 
I don't know what thing, what's going on during training, but where's my boy Stanley? He would be a good nine with Terzaghi behind him. Yeah. As a ten. So I don't I don't know. I think for this me, isn't FIFA, so we can't <laughs> just go off of well, you know, put him here and him there. I mean, it's got to work out. Yeah, based does. off the training. I think for me nine. personally, I think I would want to keep Terzaghi up there, up top as a striker, because I do like the fact that he can not only, like we said, have great hold up play. He does have the vertical. But then he can also drop back and help out with the midfield. I think mm-hmm. that's a key component because I think if you solely has him, solely have him in the midfield, I think he'll get kind of canceled out. Just, just height wise, I can see that. But then also another player I would love to see come into the midfield and possibly get more minutes. And like we said, we don't know how he's done doing in training or where's the stamina at. But is Greg Boom? Um, Greg, Greg Beam. Yeah, yeah. Greg. Here's another one. Like I really feel like if we want Kraft to be the number ten. I think Greg you know, is the one Greg, that, can, that Greg, can open up a lot. Greg, to me, from what I've seen of him last year and this year, he is your typical Richmond kicker center midfielder. Yeah. He reminds me of Luke Vercoloni. He reminds me of Mike Callahan, that dogged midfield like terrier that just wreaks havoc. He's not a, an exceptionally big guy. He's not tall, but he will wreak havoc in that midfield. Like, Greg looks like the kind of guy that probably cracks a few beers before the game and be like, all right, I'm about to outrun all of y'all. <laughs> like, that, that's what Greg looks like to me. Like, I, <laughs> I say that with the most respect, but that's what Greg looks like. But then, like, in this game, like, he he comes on, but I I want to see him start. Yeah. And I felt like if we would have played for him, I felt like he would have gotten to start. I, we don't know because, don't the game, know. once again, the game got postponed, yeah. but... I think he, he is that missing link in that midfield. Once again, we don't know if what's going on in training. Yeah. But one player that did stood out to me and that I felt like deserved the desist is Jonathan Bolognos. That, oh. If anyone locked their spot, it's him after this game. I mean, great. it took him a while to grow into the game. Yeah. And there was moments yeah, no, throughout. Bolognos was, again... Very impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. Second time in a row. Um, I I was, I was very impressed with his performance. He the, the service that he can bring from that wing, the the, the things he can pull off. Um, him he, and Emilio should have had a goal in with the eighty fifth minute, but oh. but uh, South Georgia's goalkeeper literally, literally stood on his head. Yeah. <laughs> now twice though, because yeah. Woodcraft's chance. I mean, I don't know. If it wasn't for that goalkeeper, that's that that game is two 0 easy. Oh, right, it's not for a care. Which, by the way, sir, I'm usually the one that has the Twitter account, <laughs> so people know how I tweet and whatnot. You, you one parent, almost got our Twitter banned. <laughs> I I don't think I ever see Pedro that pissed before <laughs> with this man. You. I think you said who's the man of the match. You did it. I didn't Kira. say. I did. That's the thing. Four I, tweets. I didn't like, say man of the match. In my defense, I did not say man of the match. <laughs> okay. Which of these players performed the best? And I was talking. I and you notice I only put outfield players. Yeah. If I was gonna, if I, I wasn't gonna put a man of the match because that was a given. I mean, at the end of the day, okay. Akira, so you cleared yourself up there. No, I knew. I knew Akira. I mean, with that, with that save alone. With that save alone, I mean, the dude 
I mean that that was that should have been on Sports Center. I I think that save should have been on Sports Center. Like that that's the fact where Kara saves it from, he's behind a wall of people. Exactly. And that ball could have He def- sees it late. <laughs> that and ball could have been Mind you, he's on one leg. Still, because I think that injury that ankle injury still was kind of lingering. It might have been better. Mm-hmm. But there all, were a couple of times <laughs> where he went for jumps and saves and dives like, and stuff where you saw him hold his leg and, and stretch it a bit and I'm like, eh, Kira, don't 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 fall down on me now. Yeah. But oh my goodness. Just he alone is the man in the match. Oh yeah. And you can see the difference of when you have a Kara in and another goalkeeper in, he brings it. Yeah. He, he is there's a reason why he is the captain. Is the reason why? Like, yes. that same and, and that's that's the thing. I know a lot of people would would, especially who are probably neutrals or South Georgia fans, would think that their keeper got cheated because he made two fantastic saves. However, there's a difference between a goalkeeper and a shot stopper. South Georgia, you guys have a great job, shot stopper, but I'm sorry, Akira Fitzgerald took that game. By the scruff of the neck himself from about. I mean, yeah, there was multiple times. I think the thing about it was South Georgia definitely controlled and dominated that game because, like we said, the midfield was definitely disjointed. There was a lot of times you can see, and it wasn't disjointed in the fact of <clears throat> where players didn't know what to do. It was just more disjointed as you can see the idea. It just didn't get executed yeah. and then South Georgia took the turnover and then there was open space. Exactly. exactly. So, with that being said, like, when you have two very aggressive fullbacks in Devontae and Ian Anley, who, by the way, had a much better game. Oh, they were both much they better were both game. Very, very good. Um, Devontae, I want to see a little bit more out of him, but it's his first start. Yeah. So I, I can understand where the rest is. Ian, this is only his second career start for it to be his second in the shortest of the games. And the way how he improved, I'll take it. There's still upside with him. But I think with that, you have two aggressive Fullbacks, and then with mm-hmm. Kyle getting his first start, the back four and the goalkeeper looks solid. Like I said, I think that will be the core part of this Richmond Kickers team. Yes, I do think, however, the midfield needs to get sorted out. We need to figure out what we're doing there because if there's no one there protecting them, and they changed it at halftime, I think they told Mumbai and then Cuomo comes out later, sit back more. Yeah, don't worry about pushing up. Yeah. Like, like crap that everyone else would be, be the protection for the back line. Just be back here for the back line. Yeah. Pretty much put out the fires. Exactly. And I think once they figure it out, things kind of settle down a little bit more. But, yeah. I think without a cure back there, I think Richard does not win this game. No. I don't think, I don't think no. that's unfair to say. Um, no. Not at all. Yeah. I, other thing, too, when it comes to this is I don't... One, I want to know what the midfield is doing. But I also want to know, like, what is the exact plan going forward? Yeah. Because two other things that kind of popped up to me is, do we have the ability to break down teams once they get into a low block? That you know, is one like, of the toughest things yeah, to, but, to accomplish. And But at least what is the plan for a low block? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and, I like, we saw with agree. Greenville where – we're down 3-2 in, like, what, 15, 20 minutes left. Mm-hmm. We really didn't create another chance because... Greenville just went into... Yeah, they, they just, parked the bus. They, I mean, granted, they were down, man. They mm-hmm. just parked the bus, and it was just like, 
You're not getting passes. And we really wasn't able to penetrate. South Georgia, same thing. It was moments in the game where South Georgia was like, we're just going to put eight behind the ball and and breaking the counter. We're not going to really try to build up. And what Richmond does great at, and I think this is kind of the dual-edged sword with the high press, Mm -hmm. is when the game is open, we're good. But when it's, the other team is just like, here's the ball. Close the gate. We're going to sit back. <laughs> I don't. I think Richard kind of gets in that thing of, all right, we're running. Oh, wait, there's no space. <laughs> yeah. And I think and that's they need to figure where, out where that yeah, space is. Where, where to find that space. Yeah. Like um, I said, I've been impressed so far. Um, I, I think with this Richard team, you're going to be in your seats a lot. I don't think you're going to see a lot of just the mind dumbing passing we saw last year. Yeah. And I think it's going to be more attractive. I just want to see that next step of, all right, this is how we get past the low block. This is how we control possession in front of the box. Yeah. You know, this is how we create chances and things like that. I want to see that next step. And not necessarily against teams like Fort Lauderdale, OCB, because there's a mistake in them. Like Fort Lauderdale, for instance, for anyone that didn't watch the Fort Fort Lauderdale and um, FC Tucson game, which, by the way, did you watch that game? No, but I caught the highlights and... Okay, the highlights don't do the game justice. First of all, the two yellow cards were 100% deserved, but Fort Lauderdale was in control of that game, even being down nine men. Like, FC Tucson did not create a chance. And I watched the game, like, it literally was, when Fort Lauderdale went down to nine men, it got to the point where it was the goalkeeper, seven defensive players, one striker. Like, that literally what it was. And Fort Lauderdale was holding it down. I think they just got tired. But there's a mistake in that team. Because they're so young and they're still trying to figure stuff out, mm-hmm. there's a mistake in that team. So, if Richmond goes, like, if we play Fort Lauderdale, OCB, you know, and if we win 3 nothing, yeah, it's a great win. But can we break down teams like Ford? Can we break down teams like Greenville, Chattanooga? You know, teams mm-hmm. like that that... I want to say Richmond is right there to break that echelon of teams that, you know, have good defense like your George, like your Greenvilles, like your Tormentas, like your Chattanoogas. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm saying Chattanooga and good praise. And good defense. <laughs> <laughs> but those teams, can you break down those teams, create opportunities, and get to the next up? Yeah, that's – I I agree. I agree. Um, I think – you can't win a season without a midfield. Yeah, you can't win any game without a midfield unless you have an amazing attack of God, Jesus, and the Holy Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> You're not winning much games. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so we I think we have it figured out on the defensive side. With the attacking side, I think we have options and we're just trying out all the options. Yeah. So why I'm not worried about that. And I trust Darren enough that you know, this week without having uh, having to play a game. I'm pretty sure they might have done it in a scrimmage game. I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm assuming they probably did. Yeah, that, I think that would that would yeah. that would help. Um, um, what what where we're at now is figuring out how can we what players are best utilized to put in that midfield in order to connect the defense to the attack. Yeah, because everything's got to be connected. And I feel like in again against uh, Ford. Uh, Ford against South Georgia. There was a lack of connection. There were so many pockets of space yeah. in that midfield. So many times the ball is at the back, and the 
one of the back four just have to hit it long because the midfield is not there. Yeah. To to connect to the front line. I so. think, <clears throat> and we don't. I, I want to know why Virgil got subbed over the fifty fourth minute. My speculation is because of injury, and I think they're just trying to ease him back in. But I think the kickers more or less know three fourths of their spine. You know it's Terzaghi, you know it's Vertner, or Akwe went healthy, and you know it's Akira. Yeah. I think finding that midfield spot, that piece right there that can connect it, get everything mm-hmm. going for it, I think once you figure it out, you're fine. Yeah. Um, and, I, and to be honest with you, with, with Shanowski and Ivan, I, I think our, our center back situation is fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah. Even if Vertner can't play, or if Akwe can't play, those other two can definitely do the job yeah. to fill in. I, like I said, I've been impressed with Ivan so far from what I've seen. Because when he got, came in for Connor, he played a good game. Yes. Not his best, but he played good. Yes. He played good. <laughs> um, so with that being said, we have two... Since we don't have a game this week, I probably got kind of cut in half. Uh-huh. Um, of course, you know, we got the Henny Darby coming up Henny, real Henny, quick. Henny Darby. What are your expectations for that? What are you expecting on that front? Uh, on that front... I, not, at this point, I'm not sure because what I've seen of um, of Ford Madison, I don't think is complete enough for me to know exactly what we're getting into. You know, um, I do think that maybe we could get ourselves a three points when that when that. That that bottle back, that trophy back. Um, you sound confident, but not confident. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's because it's it's because I mean it's just it, everything's been so weird, and teams have been so inconsistent in their first couple of games that you don't know what you're gonna who's coming. You don't know which forward Madison team is coming. Yeah. I mean, um, granted, we. One thing I, I do want to say is, with regards to, and I mean, we're talking about, you and I were talking about the the field. <laughs> <Lord. Yeah. laughs> By the way, say, for those who haven't seen Ford Madison home away from home game against Greenville on Friday, they have football lines, Quidditch lines, lacrosse, soccer. Yes, he said Quidditch. Yeah, I didn't even think Quidditch was a real sport. <laughs> Currently, it's in Wisconsin, the land of cheese. Um, but yeah. So, so I mean, with, with that many different color lines all over the field, I can see how Greenville had disjointed moments. But, I mean, on a real field, does Greenville win that game? On a field that doesn't have a Morse code of lines all over it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, because watching the game, it was like both teams were set up. On, both teams were set up to counter. Mm-hmm. And both teams look comfortable countering. It's just like they both canceled out each other. Exactly. Like almost comparable to the game between us and South Georgia. I mean, granted, South Georgia did better because we had tired legs, but there were moments in that South Georgia Richmond game where both teams just canceled out each other. Yeah, but my my thing is, Ford didn't really play a countering game against North Texas. Granted, yes, they took they did take the L, but they didn't play a countering game against yeah. North Texas. So and North Texas is a different breed. North Texas really just kind of body them. Yeah, basically. But then North Texas goes to Union Omaha and looks 
dumbfounded against <laughs> Union Omaha. Well, I mean, Union Omaha looked looked pretty good though. Yeah. But I, at the end of the day, with, with with me bringing that up is basically to say that, okay, then if Ford Madison do come and play a counterattacking game, then all we have to do is give them possession, and they won't know what to do with it. But then again, they played against North Texas and did not play. Yeah. Uh, 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 counterattacking game, so ca- they probably are more comfortable in possession than Greenville are, yeah. which means, do we want to give them possession? Do we want to keep possession? Do we want to, you know, keep it even, tighten things up on the defensive side? Do we want to play a defensive game? Do we want to go at them guns blazing? And it's it, kind of, you don't know exactly. It's really a toss up. <laughs> It's still hard to get a feel of what this Richmond kicker team is. One, because of the lack of games. Exactly. And it's just too easy in the season to really tell. Like it's, it, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But it feels weird that we're saying this in August, but... <laughs> Literally, we've only had two games. We've only had two games. <laughs> and so, like, we have the interview with Kyle coming up after this, after the break. Um, we interviewed Kyle Carr to get a breakdown of Ford Madison, what to expect. So, after that... Uh, after this, stay around, listen to that. It's a good interview. Mm-hmm. Um, we have another interview coming up with Jason Weintraub of USL League One Fun. Check out his work. He's an excellent writer. Um, kind of get more into COVID and how that is affecting USL League One. That will be on a separate podcast. I think either coming up Monday or Tuesday. But kind of talking about how COVID is not only affecting USL League One, but USL. And then we have a special podcast of Can I Kick It with um, black supporters. It's kind of talking about black soccer culture in America's roundtable, which would be pretty cool. And that should be coming out on Thursday. So, yeah, man. Even while soccer's not being played, we are still awkwardly busy. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Well, <laughs> I mean, because there's soccer that's supposed to be played and then the last minute gets canceled, so... This is also the second one. (laughs) Yeah, man. So, as always, um, if you can, leave us a like, share to a friend, subscribe to the podcast. Um, We usually drop episodes on Sundays. Yeah, man. It's it's awkward. (laughs) (laughs) I think I had it in the show. (laughs) As always, um, you can check out our podcast on any podcast player. This is your co-host, Elliot. Is joining me as always, my good man, Shanair. We'll catch you guys later. Hopefully, COVID does not cancel another game for us. Check you guys out later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us on the podcast today is a good friend of mine, and I think making his first true appearance on the podcast is Mr. Kyle Carr. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty well, and yeah, I think this is my first official appearance on this podcast, so glad to be here. Yeah, you know, I think last year we had uh, Chris Walker on to talk about Ford Madison, but he's not a real Ford Madison fan. You are like, I want to say you are the mirror image of me when it comes to Richmond. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, myself and Chris Fox, I feel like I'm the two that's like, yeah, we 
Yes. Chris Fox, I feel like I'm going to have to use the beat button a lot, and I don't have that kind of time to edit. <laughs> that, that, I think right now, yeah. I even though that we give you a warning, like, I'm going to give you 15 minutes before you're going to have to start censoring. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We've been through that before. We did uh, Hindi Darby post-game uh, review on uh, For the Culture, and I think in the first 15 minutes, he dropped, like, five F-words. We were all like, all right. <laughs> This bar has been set. Yeah. <laughs> well, today we brought you on to, of course, not only talk about Ford Madison, but also the kind of other things that you do. Like, you are a multi-podcaster, I would say. Like, you do, the, what, Brew House for the Bucks? And what else you do? Forward Backwards Podcast? What What is there in Wisconsin sports that you do not do? Do you have, like, a Green Bay Packers podcast as well? I do not have a Green Bay Packers podcast. Mainly because I, with the Bucks and with Ford Madison, I love those two teams with all my heart. Like, I will do anything to watch. If they win the title, I'm probably going to cry a lot. It's fine. The Packers, it's kind of like a, yeah, they're my football team, but if the Packers were to, were to go away or if the NFL were to cease with this, I would be okay. So, I don't do a Green Bay Packer one and I don't do a Milwaukee Brewers one because <laughs> I just think baseball is boring as hell and I don't know how you can do a podcast about baseball. Yeah. I, I can't either, man. I've tried listening to, like, one baseball podcast, and it was like watching a game, but I was like, yo, I can't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, no, the only baseball I can do is listen to Bobby Brown on the radio. That's because that man's a legend, and I don't know. He has stories that he can tell for months on end. Yes, probably. So. I've, I've got to check him out, probably so. But let's go ahead and hop into it about Forward Madison. I mean, you guys had a tough game down in North Texas, a road game. And then you guys kind of had a home away from home match, as you guys kind of called it, against Greenville. I mean, how is this forward Madison team laid out? What should Richmond fans be expecting with the upcoming Henny Derby and everything? I would say, compared to last year, the final play is relatively the same. So, midway through last year, Ford Madison, at the beginning of their trying to do possession, it wasn't working out. And then it became this counter-attacking team during their U.S. Open Cup run. And they found success with that, even though they didn't have a number nine to supplement it. But I would expect that same style of play where you have Doc Martin Paulo on the wings, you have Pablo Diaz and now Giro as your as your fullback that can attack as well. And you try and get the midfield. Eric Leonard kind of cleans things up, him turn on between Jalen Chrysler and Josiah Trimingham as the other center back. They kind of just clean stuff up and then they go at you with the counterattack. The only difference this year is Corbett has have a true number nine and Wojciech Buczyk. Uh Last year, they didn't really have a consistent one. You know, they had Brian Gomez, who crushed it down, and Chen Nugassi and Misa. They had Danny Tenorio, who had scored on the, in Richmond last year in the Henny Derby, but he has suffered with injuries, and he's not on the team. They fried multiple other guys. And I think with this team, it's still the same style of play, but now you have a legit number nine to be that target guy, to be the guy that can draw the defensive attention, and you can kind of be in the North Texas game with his goal. It was Jiro running on the left, able to put a cross-field pass to Paulo, Paulo puts the cross in the box, Wojciech just runs in, it's an easy tapping for him. And that's kind of something that Ford Madison didn't have last year, the guy that if you give him the service, he's going to put the ball in the back of the net, and the only thing with this year, though, is they don't have Joseph Nunez, who is kind of that other midfield that can create stuff along with J.C. Banks, 
he was on loan. He's no longer on the team. JT's been isolated in the first two games. So now it's, with how forward steps up, I don't know if they're going to try and be more attacking, but that depends on the availability of players that they have. Mm, okay. So, I, so J.C. Banks is one player. Like, if I'm watching a Fort Madison match, and I have to because I podcast about the Richmond Kickers, and I got to make sure I keep up to date with all the teams. J.C. Banks is one of those players that is, like, marquee to me. And I don't know what it is about, about him. Like, I I don't know. He seems like a player that doesn't really have a real position, but he can play anywhere within the midfield. Yeah, he's definitely a guy that you can put him, I would say if you had the best describe his role, it would be as a 10. But he's got the ability, he can play an 8. He can play a false 9. If he had, and he did that a few times last year where he played a false 9. Um, if he had to, he could play the 6. But I think that really takes away his talent because his ability to create is what makes him so valuable. And I think that's why between as an 8 and a 10, that's where he shined. And that's why I think his midfield partnership with Josie Nunez last year worked so well is because they can kind of interchange. Like, Josie could be more of a 10, Casey could be more of a box-to-box 8, and then, or vice versa. Now, this year, they haven't really allowed him to do that. They've had him solely as a number 10, which I think is his best role. But... It's kind of one of those where, yeah, he can put them anywhere in the midfield, but I think with this particular team and the players that they have, putting them at a 10 would be ideal. Mm, okay. So, with also with J.C. Banks, another player that really stands out, someone that I think if Ford Madison finished higher, I mean, granted, you guys got into play, but I think if you guys finished, like, second or third, I think Don Smart is a player that, should have been in legit, maybe MVP conversations. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but he's another player that, when it comes to forward matters, he's someone that I get very nervous about on that right side. Yeah, him, last year, he hit that stretch, and it was actually when forward matters had their best play, where he was just unstoppable. He was able to score left and right. He was setting in players up. He was a legitimate threat. And as the season kind of tailed off in the end, it, you kind of noticed that, teams were more focusing on him, so he was still very much effective, he was still very much a threat, but because teams were able to double on him, because like I said, they don't have a number nine, you can focus your attention on Don and Powell over on the wing, and you can effectively shut down Fortnite's offense, and now this year, I think that's kind of the same thing that you saw with Greenville and North Texas, that they were able to kind of limit the time that Don and Paul had on the ball, but at least with Don, his work rate defensively has been fantastic this year. I think it's the best that I've seen even last year, and I think him and Pato on the right side is going to be where Ford Madison's biggest threats are going to come from. But, yeah, he's definitely a type of player where he needs, he just needs to get a lot of games under his legs, and that's what he's going to take off, and that's what he's going to be at his most effective. But so far this year, he hasn't, him and Paulo haven't hit the ground running yet. I feel like your team is, like, a lot older than what I think they are. Like, for some reason, I look at Dawes, where I look at J.C. Banks, and I think, like, they're, like, 28, 29. But are they younger than that? No, they're – it's kind of interesting because the play – I'd say the main state players, you know, Turbo, J.C., and Don are in their 30s. Paulo, I'm pretty sure, is in their 30s as well. So, like, their core best players are all in their 30s. But then you kind of look at Paco, and he's – you know, around 27, 28, so he's getting into his peak. Um, Eric Leonard, he's only 24, so he's still relatively young. Wojciech uh, is, you know, 27. Like, they have a couple guys that are just in that 27, 28 range, but 
then he starts looking at, you know, Servo and Don and Paulo, and that's where they get a little bit on the older side. But then you have players like Eric Leonard, Brandon Eaton, Louis Bennett, Jiro, and they're still in the mid-20s. And that's those, those are the kind of guys that I think they're going to be the difference maker. And, you know, with Phil Dye and Jalen Trussell, they're kind of in that same boat where they're still young, where, you know, if they get time and if they – I think they have the talent to – It'll be a mainstay in League One and potentially get up to the championship. But I think once they get a little bit more actual games with professionals and not, you know, with Jalen over in Detroit City or with Jokai over in the League Two, I think it's just kind of that setup where it's still a relatively, it seems like an older team, but it also seems like a younger team just because of the faces that have come in. They're a little bit younger. And actually, one of the youngest guys, Mike Bang, he's, I think he's going to be the one that. If he gets the paperwork cleared, he's going to be a young player that is going that could be really effective in the league. Mm, okay, that seems well. Like <clears throat> one player that I'm glad you brought up is Connor Turbin. I think is if that man doesn't have like an acting career after his soccer career, I'm going to be highly disappointed because that man could act. <laughs> That is impressive. Yeah, he, he's a man of many talents, and I'm glad that he was able to come back this year. Uh, so, in the y'all first game against North Texas, I'm sorry, i got to bring it up, but was Connor at fault for that goal that happened, or was he just like wrong place, wrong time, almost with Scotty Thompson with us? It was a combination. I would say it's a lot of individual errors adding up to the goal. I think you could look at Zero not being in position and not being and not pulling down to the cross. You could look at Turbo for fluffing the clearance, which then allowed Davis to run in on the box, and that's one of the last guys you want to have the ball around him in the box. But then Turbo fluffs the clearance. Jalen Trisler doesn't get over soon enough. Phil Marchetta doesn't, you know, come out and try and command the box a little bit more. So it was just a lot of individual errors that contributed to the goal. So yeah. It, while Turbo did make a mistake, if he cleared the ball, it's no problem. But it was like everyone else made an error, which didn't help it as well. Mm. Uh, okay, I can see that. I can see that. Well, uh, this upcoming week, you know, you guys had a tough game against Greenville, which I feel like when you guys play Greenville, y'all y'all just both cancel each other out. For like, and four like I watched four on Greenville in over three hundred and sixty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane, in the man. I don't know what it is. Like, the first time it was in snow, okay, whatever. But the last three, there should have been at least one goal. I digress on that. I, I understand. I mean, I'm, like, I understand it. Like, I think the field has something more to do with why you guys didn't score. Maybe they thought, like, oh, we're just doing field goals on each other, so we don't have to score in the net. But, I mean, can you talk about that home stadium? Like, what – went into the decision of that movement. Why are you guys playing there instead of Bree Stadium, you guys normal home? So where Bree Stadium Field is in downtown Madison, um, Dane County, which is where Madison is located, has prohibited any contact sports. So because
because of that, they cannot play or train in the stadium in a large setting. So even if they wanted to not have fans, they couldn't have games at three Seals Field. So when the club realized that, they had to find a stadium that was outside of the county, which pretty much any big city out, any big city would cover that. So that's where Hart Park comes in. That's right outside Milwaukee. It's in Wauwatosa, so it's about 20 minutes at most outside of Milwaukee. I feel like that's the name of a cheese. What's that? I said, I feel like that's the name of a cheese. Wauwatosa? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you get to Wisconsin, you start getting names like Walcott and Waukesha and McGuanigo, and they it starts. I if you've ever seen that video when the Packers were in the Super Bowl against the Steelers, and they, they had a bunch of Texans trying to pronounce the city names, it's pretty spot on. But <laughs> so yeah, they had to play there. That's where the Milwaukee Torrent, the NPSL team, that's where they play. Um, so that is why Fort is not playing is because of restrictions because of COVID. Um, the field is it's large enough at least to have a regulation size field, but between all the lines, it's a goddamn mess. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what you guys have lacrosse lines, Quidditch lines, soccer lines, football lines, and I don't know if there's a fifth one or not. Maybe basketball lines as well. Why not? But th- there's a lot of lines there. There's like a tennis line as well. I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot. And then there's a train in the background. <laughs> that actually I enjoyed. Yeah, the train was probably the only thing that was enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, with that green goal, that's the train was probably the star of the match. That and the field goal. That's it. Yeah. Do you think the field is something that where Ford Madison could possibly see using it outside of this year? Or is it like, look, we're just here. We just didn't get past this year so we could get back home. Yeah, it's pretty much a we needed a stadium to play in for this season. Assuming if we can get our shit together and reduce COVID and get it and allow us to play back in Madison, they'll be back and receive the field. But this is just a we needed a place to play because the county wouldn't have it. And hopefully COVID is a little bit calmer by next year and they can play in their home stadium. Okay, okay. Well, man, oh, another thing I want to ask you, you've been one of the main components of talking about Black Lives Matter in soccer and whatnot, um, along with others. Can you just talk about, like, some of the things that you're doing in the Fort Madison region and whatnot? Yeah, so we had sold the Black Lives Matter sign. Um, We did that for most of June. Um, That was probably our best selling effort, so selling the yard signs and the proceeds went to Featherstone, and then also some other black organizations. So there's Urban Triage, and they've been the main ones that have been out in the streets protesting. They're the ones that have been setting up the bail funds. Um, there's a progressive uh, center for black women. There's a black women's wellness center as well. So those are some of the things that we did with the yard signs for the proceeds. I think in total we raised over like $21,000 for the yard signs, which was great. Um, I personally am doing an initiative where for every yellow card, red card, Fort Madison goal, and own goal, uh, proceeds will go to the YWCA in Madison, which is primarily to help empower women and, you know, eliminate racism as much as you can in Wisconsin, and then also the black leaders for organizing mm-hmm. uh, communities, and that's over in Milwaukee. So those are some of the things that I and Featherstone have done, and the club themselves, they've, you know, they've been meeting with us and trying to talk about to see what more they can do. 
Um, I know with one of the first protests in Madison, Turbo was out protesting with us. Cuba uh, was out as well. Um, so that was kind of cool to see. We had some of the players and you know, front office people out there as well. They made a Black Lives Matter training top, so we were able to get connected with a local black Madison artist, and he was able to design it, so they're selling that on their website with the proceeds going to um, the YBCA as well. And actually, one of the assistant coaches is doing an initiative of his own, and he's doing he's going to rotate organizations through every four games. So he's doing it where I think it's like every goal that's scored or every card has a double check. He'll donate you know, some portion of money to, like I said, a variety of organizations. So that's some of the things that we've been doing and for Madison's been doing. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot more, hopefully, and you know we hope that more people can get involved. But in the past couple months, I can happily say at least people are trying their best. People are putting in the effort. And then also the block did a podcasting club to talk about, you know, mainly, I mean, I would say mainly for white people and, you know, confronting their racial biases, confronting, you know, maybe some of the thoughts that they had that maybe that they thought wasn't necessarily blatantly racist, but it could be microaggressions and stuff like that. So they've been doing a podcast club the past couple of weeks, and that has been pretty good as well. Um, so those are some of the things that we've been trying to do with Black Lives Matter and just helping out the black community in Madison. Oh, wow. Yeah, um... Yeah, man, that's amazing to hear. I gotta admit that Black Lives Matter training top is, as much as I hate Ford Madison as a Richmond Kickers fan, I gotta admit, man, when I saw it, I was like, oh! Like, it was part of me that wanted to buy it, but then I remember what team it was, and I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Since we're in the matter of Black Lives Matter, I got to ask you, man, because I, I feel like this is, like, the second time we're going to talk to each other out of, what, like, six, maybe ten times? <laughs> give or take. <laughs> yeah, give or take. But with Saturday coming up, man, the Henny Derby, what do you think that means to not only, like, U.S. League One culture, but to also, what does that mean to, you know, growing soccer culture in this I guess you say lower leagues. Like, what, what does the hitting derby? Where does it stand at? I think the biggest thing <clears> is how both the hitting derby came about. I think it's something that can appeal to black culture. You know, putting a bet on a bottle of Hennessy, and then last year having black supporters from all over the country attend the game. But then also just in lower league soccer, like this is a rivalry that was fan built. It was just. It was organic, it was fan-driven, it wasn't, you know, the league trying to push it, it wasn't two of the club's front offices trying to push it. It's like, this was something that two fans put together, like, started, it grew out of that. And I think that's kind of the big impact is showing you that in lower league soccer, like, you can create your own rivalries if you want. I mean, obviously, it has to go both ways. You can't just be one team constantly chirping on social media, and then the other one just kind of be like, okay, you're kind of being annoying about this. 
I feel like that's a shot at another team, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> again Kyle I just want to say thank you for coming on man we look forward to playing y'all Saturday hopefully COVID doesn't show up because the last two times we tried to play they say we owe them money so we haven't been able to play